Well, good morning and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. My name is Mary Alice and I'm one of the ministers here at Calvary. And if you're new to Calvary, we are really glad you're here today. We want you to know that you are welcome here. Also, if you're back at Calvary after a long time or if you are family visiting for the holidays, we are really glad that you're here. That's one of my favorite parts of the holiday seasons here at Calvary is getting to see friends and family in this place. Well, you will need a worship folder and one of the hymnals in front of you to guide you in worship today. Also, we would be honored for the opportunity to follow up with you later by email or phone to get to know you better. And one way that can happen is if you would be willing to fill out the visitor card in your pew and place it in the offering plate later in the service. That's also a way that you can ask for more information about some of our ministries here at Calvary or let us know how we can be praying for you and with you in the coming week. Well, I'm glad you've chosen to worship with us as we make our way closer to Christmas. I also hope you'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. for our Christmas Eve candlelight service, which is always one of my favorite services of the year here at Calvary. But today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And Christmas is so close, I think we can almost taste it. Today's a special day. We will light the fourth candle of our Advent wreath. We will sing some of our favorite Christmas carols. And we will also baptize Caroline and Catherine Williams later in worship. I'm sure there are many things that are still on our to-do lists between now and Christmas. But I hope that this will be a time amidst the hustle and the bustle for us to be still for a moment, to listen, to sing, to wonder, to hope, to pray, to watch, and to wait. Because Christmas is coming, friends, and let's not miss a thing. Let us worship together. Oh, 
is with us, is with Sarah. Cherubim with sleepless heart. Fill their faces to the presence. As with ceaseless voice they cry. came so long ago, and we remember your coming at this particular time, but Lord, you are coming to us all the time. You are coming to us in a thousand different ways. You have come so that you can be a counselor and a peacemaker and a guide, and you have come so that you can be a friend with us forever. And we are thankful that you are a God who has called us friend. And so we ask that, we would give, that you would give us eyes to see the ways in which we can honor and love and serve you as Savior and as friend. Amen. In glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hosts proclaim. Is born in Bethlehem, of the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay, and keeping the sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel, Noel. Come and worship, come and worship. 
worship, worship Christ the newborn King. The entire Christmas story is completely outside the box with plot twists, surprises, and unexpected moments all along the way. After all, who would expect angels to appear to a ragtag team of shepherds herding their sheep through the fields at night? And who would ever imagine that a baby born in a feeding trough to a young mother would become the savior of the world? This year, instead of going through the Advent season with business as usual, each week we have considered how we might celebrate the coming birth of Jesus in newly imagined ways. Can we take Advent and Christmas outside the box? This fourth week of Advent, we reflect on the gifts of Christmas. We spend so much time, energy, and money throughout this season stressing on the perfect gifts to give the different people in our lives. But what if we focused instead on what is perhaps the greatest gift that you and I have to offer, the gift of ourselves? After all, isn't that what the Christmas story is all about? that Jesus came to be our Emmanuel, which means God with us. In John 1, he reminds us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, or as Eugene Peterson puts it, the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Perhaps one of the ways we can follow in the ways of Jesus is by giving of ourselves, not only this Christmas season, but all year long. How might we be fully present, fully with others, with our friends, family, neighbors, and world? And what might God have to show us when we slow down enough to be present to what God is doing all around us? God, you came to be with us so long ago, and you continue to be with us still. We confess that our attention and energies feel scattered in so many different places. Help us to slow down. May we be fully present to you and what you have for us to experience, because we don't want to miss the miracles that await us. Come, Lord Jesus, our hope is in you. Amen. Spring of joy rain down upon us. 
spirit. Our thirsty hearts are yearning for your word. Come make us whole, be comfort to our hearts. For you, O Lord, my soul in a stillness waits. Truly, my hope is in you. Root of life, in blood your seed within us, and in your heart, then draw so to you.
Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. A reading from the Gospel of John. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. I have I to give the 
Behold Jesus, token of the pain that he will bear to save us. Glory in the highest to the Son of Heaven, and upon the And with joy we join in the telling of the news again today. Now, gracious God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer and our Emmanuel. Amen. Well, I would like to invite you to think for a moment about the best Christmas gift you have ever received. And then to think about the worst Christmas gift you have ever received. That was my question this week on Facebook, and as usual, the answers did not disappoint. Jill Hatcher said the best gift she and Kirk received was a crib for their firstborn baby from a family in the church who knew they could use a little extra help that year. She said it was perfect and meant more to us than they ever could have imagined. Sheila Smith shared that her best gift was a lime green electric typewriter she received her senior year of high school in Lebanon, which made her so excited to be attending Baylor University in the United States the next year. Another family shared that the best gift they ever received was a stork ornament for their Christmas tree. They write, we had been waiting for two long and painful years for a referral for our adoption. A friend knew that we could use some encouragement and a reminder that our baby was on the way in God's time. So she gave us a stork ornament for Christmas that year. Interestingly, we got our referral for our daughter the very next day, and it was the best Christmas gift ever. Now, of course, there were some pretty funny stories about the worst Christmas gifts, too. One person wrote, I received a milk frother from an immediate family member who knows that I am lactose intolerant. <laughs> Another got a Virgin Mary grilled cheese press. Is that on anybody's list this year? Brad Livingstone got a coupon for an ACT exam study guide one year for Christmas. Jake Meyer's sister got him a bubble wrap suit for Christmas one year. And Tiffany Rose got a pair of velvet purple overalls from her sweet great-grandmother that she said she then had to wear the next time that she saw her. But then some of the worst gift stories weren't funny. They were hard. 
like the person who received a makeup kit from her stepfather the year that her mother passed away. She said, it wasn't even wrapped and I don't wear makeup. And it made Christmas that much more difficult that year because it emphasized that the one person who knew me better than anyone else, the person who really saw me, was not there anymore. Carol Fidel said his best and worst gifts were actually the same. He writes, at age six, my parents, who owned a drugstore at 25th and Bosky, gave me this marvelous Lionel train set, complete with trees and tunnels and all the trappings. It was the only one of its kind in Waco, and he said it was the only thing I really wanted for Christmas. The next day, the delivery guy from the drugstore came to our house as I was finishing setting up the train, and he started whispering to my mom, who then told me to box the train set back up. There was another little boy in Waco who was very ill and wasn't going to live until the next Christmas, and the one gift he wanted was that train set, too. His dad had come to the drugstore to see if he could buy it, and my dad, feeling compassion for the boy, told him he would get that train for him. So my favorite gift one day became my least favorite the next day. He says, but it did teach me a valuable lesson about the importance of doing the right thing, and I've never forgotten it. And then Jonathan Grant shared this story about his best and almost worst Christmas gift. He said, sometime in my early elementary years, under my parents' bed, I stumbled upon the evil Knievel wind-up motorcycle and action figure. It was a huge find. I freed it, and maybe a few others, from its packaging and began sending it down our long hallway. But in the midst of one of those runs, my parents returned to the house. The threat started flying, and the one I heard most clearly was that this gift and the others I had freed from bondage would all be returned to the store the next morning. Tears overflowed, remorse set in, but, he says, I woke up the next day to find all the emancipated gifts rewrapped and under the tree. It was the worst of times and the best of times all in a 12-hour span. <laughs> I love these stories and check out my Facebook page for many, many more. But I was struck by the number of people who commented about how the best gifts of Christmas were simply being with the people they loved. One person talked about his last Christmas with his father before he passed away. And another about family who traveled to see her overseas and how special that was for them to be together that year. And then many more who said that the older they become, the more they realize what a gift it is to simply be with family and friends. And so maybe it's true, as our friend Dr. Seuss wrote, that Christmas doesn't come from a store and that Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. 
We spend so much energy and so much money on buying just the right Christmas presents for our loved ones. And I admit, I do love that part of this season. I love giving unique and thoughtful gifts, and it brings me so much joy. But I can't help but wonder what Christmas might look like if we focused less on giving the perfect gift and more on giving of ourselves, of our time, our attention, our presence with the people we love. After all, I believe that this kind of self-giving love is what the Christmas story is all about. Matthew's Gospel tells us that Mary would give birth to a baby, and he would be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God gave of God's self to be with us. You know, it's interesting to me that Matthew doesn't spend much time talking about Jesus' birth compared to some of the other Gospels. I mean, it's, it's Luke's Gospel that gives us all the great stories about the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night and the host of heavenly angels that bring good news of great joy for all the people and Mary taking in all these wonderful things and pondering them in her heart. And then it's John's Gospel that has this great imagery about the true light coming into the world, this light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. But in Matthew's Gospel, immediately after the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, verse 24 says, When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. These two verses are literally all that Matthew gives us about the birth of Jesus until the wise men come when Jesus is actually a child. But I love Matthew's version of Jesus' birth because it's less focused on the extraordinary parts of the story, perhaps so that you and I don't forget about the very ordinary and the very real parts of this story. We don't have grand images of light shining in darkness or shepherds and angels. Instead, in Matthew, we have a pregnant, unwed, very young mother, a man who takes her as his wife. Even though I'm sure they both had their fair share of doubts, uncertainties, and great fears about how all of this was going to work out. David Luce points out that Matthew's gospel reminds us that God worked through real people with real challenges. God didn't choose a fairy tale princess to bear the Savior, but rather an unwed peasant girl. God didn't choose a political or business success story to name and care for Jesus, but rather a man with his own doubts and questions who wanted to do the right thing but needed angelic guidance to accomplish it. God chose to come and to be with people like Mary and Joseph and with ordinary people like me and like you. And when you and I choose to be present with one another, even in the ordinary, everyday moments of life, even in the hard and messy moments of life, even when it's uncomfortable. 
even when we're scared or afraid or confused. When you and I choose to show up with one another in the real moments like that, I believe that's when we are truly following in the ways of Jesus, of the God who came to be with Mary and Joseph and with each and every one of us. It's why of all the different gifts we could give this Christmas season, I think the most important gift that any of us in this room can ever give is the gift of ourselves, of showing up when it matters, of being present, of truly being with people. It may sound simple or even cliche, but then again, if it were really that easy, wouldn't we be doing this all the time? And yet, how many times have you and I been with others and suddenly our mind begins to wander or our to-do list pops up in our head, or we revisit that hard conversation we had, or we look down at our phone, and 15 minutes later, we realize we haven't been present at all. We missed it. It's why I actually think there's some much-needed interpersonal and spiritual work that must happen if you and I are going to show up in this world in genuine and authentic ways. Perhaps in order to truly give of ourselves, we must also care for ourselves. I love how Parker Palmer says it. He says, self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on earth to offer others. Anytime we can listen to the true self, and give it the care it requires, we do it not only for ourselves, but for the many others whose lives we will touch. And so in what ways do you need to care for yourself in the weeks ahead and in the new year? How might you intentionally give to yourself so that you can wholeheartedly give of yourself? For many of us, December has been a month of constant going and doing, and this next week will probably be no different. There are still presents to wrap, and maybe even to buy. (laughs) There are houses to clean for family and friends to visit, road trips and plane trips to be made, candy and cookies to bake, dinners to prepare, and so much of Christmas seems to happen in all the doing. But today's gospel reading reminds us that Christmas begins in the being, in the God who came to be with us. And any time we can set aside the doing with all of its trimmings and trappings and give the gift of being with the people we love, I don't think we ever regret it. Of all the Christmas gift stories I heard this week, I think the best one came from Audrey Doolittle. She writes, My brother Ted and his wife Martha were part of the A.D. Players Theater Company in Houston, which was directed by Golden Globe-nominated actress Jeanette Cliff George. Now, in 1989, she says, My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and had started treatment. And it was important to my mother that year for all of us to be together at Christmas. So my family scraped together money 
to fly Ted and Martha to St. Louis. Well, as we were opening Christmas gifts that year, there was an envelope under the tree with my mother's name on it. When she opened it, she realized it was a letter from Mrs. George. In the letter, she talked about how she always looked for a way to honor the memory of her mother each Christmas. This year, she said, I wanted to give you the gift of your son, Ted, and a check to cover the cost of all the airline tickets fell out of the envelope. It was a gift addressed to my mom, Audrey said, but really it was a gift to all of us. Friends, I wonder how we might give something like the gift of Ted this Christmas. How we might give the gift of Anna. How we might give the gift of Allison. How we might give the gift of Brandon or Sarah, or Dylan, how we might give the gift of Karen, or Spike, or JP, how we might give the gift of Grace, or Janice, or Atticus, or R.C. John's Gospel tells us that the Word became flesh and lived among us. And so may we be present to the God who is with us and who lives and dwells among us this Christmas season, because that truly is the greatest gift of all. And so God, I ask that in the week ahead, with all the things on our to-do list and all the things that we know need to be checked off the list before Tuesday, Help us to find space to be, to be with you, to remember that that is the greatest gift, and to take time to reflect on that. But then also to remember that as we follow in your ways, that we have a gift to give to, the gift of being with one another. Put on our hearts people who might need a visit people who need us to be present with them. God, give us open eyes to see and ears to hear the spaces all around us where we can bring your love and your presence and your light this Christmas season. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, this is the season in the church where we remember how God's light ultimately broke into the darkness of our world through Jesus. God with us. And if you would like to talk with someone about what it means to follow in the ways of Jesus, we would love to visit with you about that today. Or maybe you want to become part of our faith community here at Calvary, where in times of darkness and light and everything in between, we seek to follow Christ together. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God leads you to respond, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship.
was dawn upon the world, promised from creation, God's salvation now on earth, all for every nation, not with handfuls from above, not with saints of glory, but a humble gift of love, Jesus born of Mary. Sounds of wonder filled us heart with the songs of angels as the mighty Prince of Life shelters in us. Jesus, we thank you that you moved into our neighborhood. No matter what neighborhood we were born in, you are there. Jesus, we thank you that you gave out of your life. Let us give our life. Thank you that you gave from your riches. Let us give from our riches. You from your poverty, let us from your poverty. Let us give as you have given, that we may celebrate you and continue the work that you are doing. Amen.
baptism that we ask the children to come forward. So boys and girls, if you all would come forward and join me here at the front, we are going to walk up and be close to the baptistry. Then as we walk up, we're going to sing uh, the song, Prepare the Way of the Lord. And as we're singing that song, we're going to ask everybody to come to the platform and be close to the baptistry. So uh, in just a moment, as we start singing, we will all walk up and be right up around the baptistry. So boys and girls, come on up here and join us. Yes, here we go. Uh, Prepare the way of the Lord. Sing with me. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of... All together, let's walk together now. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of our God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of our God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of our God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of our God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Crowd on up. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of our God. One more time. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord, and all people will see the salvation of our God. to introduce you to Caroline and Katherine Williams. Caroline is a seventh grader at Vanguard College Prep School. She is a daughter, a granddaughter, a cheerleader extraordinaire. She has a fun, bubbly spirit about her, and she's a faithful friend. But Caroline, the most important thing I can say about you today is that you are a beloved child of God. And Caroline has chosen to follow God and to walk in the way of Jesus and is here to be baptized today. And we couldn't be more excited to share this moment with her. And so Caroline's grandfather, Carol Fidel, will read her testimony for us. These are Caroline's words. I always knew Jesus loved me because my family has talked about Jesus and his love for me my whole life. I first started to understand who Jesus is during Sunday school with all my friends helping me along the way. I decided to follow Jesus last year when I started wanting to understand more about Jesus and God in the Bible. It means a lot for me and my family to accept Jesus as my Savior. It's kind of like I get a second chance at making the right decisions when I'm asked to do something. It is a way for me to start over as a new person with Jesus guiding me. Calvary was the first place I started to understand more and more about Jesus and his actions in the Bible. It is also where I made a lot of my friends that I have today. A Bible verse that has been significant to me in my faith journey is Romans 5.8. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This verse is significant to me because it explains what Christ did for us and our sins so we could be cherished and treasured by God's love. I love Calvary and the Calvary family. Getting baptized at Calvary is like a dream coming true, a dream I have been waiting for my whole life. I want to get baptized to show my commitment to Jesus and love for Jesus. A message I want to say to the Calvary family today is that I am so excited to be with all of you by doing this and to become more a part of Calvary as a whole. Please walk alongside me on my faith journey. Caroline, what is your profession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Well, based on that profession of faith, it is my great joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in a brand new way of life. <laughs> Caroline, you are a child of God and our sister in the family of Christ. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Spirit fill you and use you as salt and light in this world to the glory of God. Amen. Well, Catherine is a mom, a wife, a daughter, and I've learned that she is so thoughtful and intentional in everything that she does. She mentors each week at West Avenue, and she is a dedicated cheer mom, too. But Catherine, the most important thing I can say about you today is that you are a beloved child of God. Catherine has been following Christ for many years, and she has come to be baptized today as another expression of her faith in Christ and to be part of this Calvary community. And Catherine, we are so excited to share this moment with you, too. And so now Catherine's mom, Hat Fidel, will read her testimony. These are Catherine's words. I have known Jesus for as long as I can remember. My earliest memories are of nighttime prayers with my dad, serving as an acolyte in church, and watching my mom serve as the youth director of all the Episcopal churches in Waco. I was fortunate to have family who showed me unconditional love, However, as I grew older, I felt like I squandered my opportunities. You know, to whom much is given, much is expected. Well, according to my outlook, I had failed to deliver on the much expected end. I'm learning to let go of this constant nagging guilt and criticism that my personality seems intent on throwing in my face at every chance. My faith grew tremendously as I became involved in our Episcopal Youth Diocese. I felt connected to God and to other believers. And those inadequacies that were constantly weighing me down began to, began to seem less heavy. I've been baptized in the Episcopal Church as a baby and then confirmed as a preteen. Confirmation was very special to me, but there was a moment that cemented in my mind that I was saved. It was on a retreat, and on a table that night was a place card with my name on it. It read, How much does Jesus love Catherine? And when I opened the card, up, it read, Jesus said, this much, as he stretched out his arms on the cross and died. The back of the card read, you are loved. I don't know why it took this simple, 
little note to really hit home that Jesus loved me. But from that moment, I knew it was the absolute truth. My true belief is simple. God so loved me that he gave his son to me. Nothing I can do will take God's away from me. I am happily giving my life back to Jesus today in front of the church family who I've witnessed truly loves one another and believes in the real love of Jesus for all of us. Today takes nothing away from the special confirmation of my faith 20-something years ago. Today, I give my life to Jesus again with my favorite person on earth, Caroline. I am grateful that I have a church family to be with, Caroline and me, and I pray together. I pray today for the Lord will mold and remake me more like Jesus. Catherine, what is your profession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Well, based on that profession of faith, it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, and raised you up in a brand new way of life. Catherine, you are a child of God and our sister in the family of Christ. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Spirit fill you and use you as salt and light in this world to the glory of God. And now to both of you, your Calvary family has some words they would like to share with you. With, with joy, joy and thanksgiving, thanksgiving we, now we now welcome you into Christ's church, for we are all one in Christ. We, we promise to love, encourage, and support you, and to help you know and follow Christ. And we thought it was only fitting for us to end the day by sharing our testimonies as people of faith, that we might go and tell it on the mountain and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds feed watching or silent flocks by night, all throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared, trembled, when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus. That hailed a Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Down in our Lord. 
the humble Christ was born, and conceived our salvation, that blessed Christmas born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go now in peace. Amen.